entire song because it's, it's really, I think, where we're make, turning the page for 2017. So if you have your Bibles, if you don't have one, I think there's some in the chairs around you or kind of sneak a peek at somebody else. We have, a, we have a situation with our projector right now. Our line isn't working for some reason, and so we have to figure out a different option for until we get that fixed. But So we're not going to have the words up on the screen for you today. But Psalm 85. O Lord, thou dost show favor to thy land. Thou dost restore the captivity of Jacob. Thou didst forgive the iniquity of thy people. Thou didst cover all of their sin. Thou didst withdraw all thy fury. Thou didst turn away from thy burning anger. Restore us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine indignation toward us to cease. Will thou be angry with us forever? Will thou proclaim, will prolong thine anger to all generations? Will thou not thyself revive us again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. Show us thy loving kindness, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will say, for he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones. But let not let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that, that glory may dwell in our land. Loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth springs from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. Indeed, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its produce. Righteousness will go before him. And he will make his footsteps into a way. I think the priority of God's presence, the clamoring for his, for his presence to be within the church in our modern day society has ceased. I don't think we clamor like this. I don't think we pray like this. I don't think we call out to God like this. I don't think we go to him in desperation that our next breath may not be in us if we don't pray to him. Do we? Do you? Have you probably sometime in your life, in a sense, ripped your clothing and fell down before the, the feet of the throne and prayed with that kind of guttural prayer, Lord, don't forsake me, don't leave me. Help me through this. I have no one else to turn to. For something or for someone? Even for yourself, maybe? Has it been a long time since that has happened? I think we, we're, like, we're like bakeries, churches these days. We're like bakeries. We're open, but there's no bread baking. And the shelves are empty, but everybody's sitting around drinking coffee and chit-chatting. But the essence of what is supposed to be there, bread, is missing. It's gone. So we need to look for the Lord where there's, there is much available that God has for us that we're not connecting into. Much. But part of it has to begin with us. It has to begin with our desire to want to know God in the fullness of who God is. I think the greatest thing 
that can happen to us is that we would know God as he knows us. That there is a complete transparency. That there is a, that there is a, a way that we could get to maturity in Christ where he know, he's got all of us. And we can grab hold by faith to more and more of God. We have to get there. We have to get there personally. I'm afraid sometimes we've gotten so satisfied with what we have and where we're at and what we're doing that that's good enough. That's good enough. I don't know about you, but every now and then I'll hit up a panaderia. You guys don't know what that is. And for those of you uh, Hispanically challenged, um, that means that it's a Mexican bread bakery. And I'll go into panaderia, and sometimes you go too late, you know, like you go right before they close in the evening. There's like a few things there. There's tons of racks, and usually the two things, the two types of bread that are there are the ones nobody ever eats, except the really, really old veteranos, you know? Whatever, I hate those things, man. They're just, you bite in them, they flake everywhere. It's just horrible. But the good ones, all the good, fresh, early, they're all gone by then. And I think sometimes we'll walk into a bakery, the bakery of our soul or the bakery of church, and say, ah, that's good enough. I'll just eat that. It's there. You know, we were talking about on Wednesday night about growing in God that, it, that it's hard. And we were, we were talking about how one of the ways that we need to move forward with God is to not rest on our victories from the past. You know, it's like sometimes we think we're still in the glory days of high school. You met guys or gals like that? They, they, they quit living when they graduated high school. High school was the glory days. College was the glory days. I think I mentioned this last week. And, and we have to move forward if we're going to be revived. We can't just toy with the thoughts of revival. We have to be revived. Okay? So how, how are we going to do that? We have to understand a couple of things about revival. First of all, we must understand that a heart that truly burns for God God will revive. He says, if you seek me, if you truly seek me, you will find me. So you have no one to blame about mediocrity in your life but yourself. Because if you truly want more of God, seek him more. Read more. Listen more. Do more. Do the things that will bring you back to the Lord. What, is, what does Jesus say about some of the churches when he gets to Revelation? He talks about the one church. He says, I have this against you. You've forgotten your first love. You've gotten all involved with all this other stuff, your past victories, and you're sticking there, but you've forgotten me to get close to me, for I am fresh bread, Jesus said. You can't, you can't keep eating the old bread. It's like trying to bring up manna from yesterday. Manna from yesterday gets moldy overnight. Did you know that? You've got to have fresh manna. You've got to have the new stuff every day. But we need to have a heart that burns for him, that longs for his presence, hearts and souls and minds that want God, that want him. 
truly desire Him. And what you have today is not enough to keep you for tomorrow. You want more tomorrow. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. It's a constant growth. It's a constant weeding out of things in your life so that you can get there. It's a constant letting go of of the luggage of our past so that we can run faster toward the end prize. And we all have luggage. But we need to seek revival first, personally, in our own life. So, to revive the church and the community in which we live and to revive our hearts and our souls, first of all, we need to listen. And we need to know God will and can. God will revive you, and he can revive you. His will is to revive you. His will is to make you on fire. His will, why do I know that? Because he sent his Holy Spirit, which burns within us, it says. Right? It said what rested upon the <coughs> disciples' head when they, when they received the Holy Spirit, when it was breathed into them, was fire. In fact, some denominations, like the one I originally was part of, the Quaker denomination, they were all about, you don't have to baptize with water, you need to baptize with fire. So baptisms were totally different. <laughs> Guy came out with a flamethrower. All right, who's getting baptized today? (laughs) Yeah. It was the baptism of the Holy Spirit that was important. Because without the Holy Spirit, God living in you, Jesus forgiving you, giving you his Holy Spirit, you can't see heaven. You can get baptized every day if you want in water. That's not going to save you. Only Jesus saves. So we have to be on fire in our hearts. Many of you have experienced that when you first believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't come alone. He brings his daddy and the Holy Spirit with him. Daddy and the hound of heaven. They come walking in with Jesus. Into your heart and your heart burns. It's full for the first time in your life. And there's a sense that you're okay with God at that moment. And it blows away all the stuff from before. We need to be overwhelmed as we receive God. We need to not be preoccupied with what's going on around us. Think about that for a minute. What are you thinking about right now? Are you thinking about what happens after we get out of here? Are you thinking about the stuff you got to do at work tomorrow? Are you thinking about who's here and who's not here? Are you preoccupied with other thoughts than really getting whatever Jesus wants you to get today? What God wants to speak to you today? What God wants to mold in you today? Are you thinking about anything else except that? We, a lot of times we miss the presence of God because we're not listening. We're not looking. We're not watching. We're too busy doing our deal, doing our routine, doing that kind of stuff that we miss out on what God has for us. But there's more still. When we become God's revived children, God's revived church, on fire for the Lord, when we do that, it brings in people. 
Do you know what a, a fire does? Have you guys ever seen uh, any, any movies about you know fire engines and fire guys? And I forgot the big one that just came out not too long ago, but but uh, it's all about you know Chicago Fire or whatever. You notice that when when fire burns, it sucks. It sucks in oxygen. It sucks in air. It creates its own environment, right? It has a life of its own. When we're burning with the Holy Spirit in us, we begin to suck in the things of God. We begin to suck in His Word because we can't get enough of it because our heart is on fire and we're just feeding that fire. We can't get enough of prayer because we get the presence of God through prayer and we're just sucking it in. It's like fire. It's, 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 we got to stoke the fire. We got to get more fire going. We, we can't wait to minister and to serve. Why? Because as we do that, as we give of ourselves, it just brings in more, more oxygen, more power, more of that in our life. When we're having fellowship with one another and we're teaching one another and we're talking to one another and we're fulfilling the, the, what is the church is all about, that we love one another and so prove to be disciples of Jesus Christ, it just sucks in the air. It sucks... Are you guys awake? Because I ain't hearing jack from you right now. Thank you. Seriously. It sucks it in. It, it, it drives you. It fulfills you. It makes you have more faith in God. You can't help it. You just can't help it. It creates its own environment. I don't know if you've ever been around someone who's on fire for the Lord. It's contagious. Be careful. You might get burnt. <laughs> Amen to that. Seriously. We have... I like what it says. I think it's Ezekiel. God's going to turn dry bones into a mighty army. He's gonna, and, it, and it tells the scene in there how they, they get from dry, crackled, separated bones and the bones come together and then the sinews and all the muscles come together and then it's wrapped over with skin and next thing you know, you have an army for God. But it's God's spirit. It's God's atmosphere. It's what he's doing that wraps around them and creates them to be that army. God's doing the same thing today, right now in this place. Some of you got broken bones all over the place. And you need to allow God and his fire to bring those bones together to make you a mighty warrior for him. Amen. We got to catch it. We got to get, get back on fire, folks. We've been complacent too long. When we become that revived church, the very presence of God will rest on you. What? The very presence of God will be in you. What are we called? Anybody? Anybody know what we're called? We're called the temple of the Holy Spirit. We just went through Exodus. What happened in the tabernacle every single day? Moses was in the tabernacle. The presence of God came down. If it was nighttime, it came down as fire. If it was daytime, it came down as a cloud. But it was every day in the midst of the people when Moses went in to speak with God, the presence of God filled the temple so much 
that Joshua couldn't even walk in. No one could walk in. Only Moses. And he would come out, and what would he look like? His face was glowing. He was radiant. He was, in fact, he had to put a veil on because he didn't want the people to see how it faded day by day. So he reflected. We're supposed to be reflecting that revival that's going on inside us. Oh, but we don't do that. We don't do that. I didn't say you didn't do that. I said, I, <laughs> we. I was just looking at you. Because we're got problems. You don't understand. I was in traffic for two hours to get here. You don't even, you understand. I got stuff to do tomorrow. I got, I got, it's, it's, I'm supposed to have the day off tomorrow. I don't have the day off tomorrow. It's a holiday, and I'm supposed to enjoy that holiday. Enjoy the meaning of the holiday of Martin Luther King Day and all that he brought. But crying out loud, he's a pastor too, and I don't even get the day off. <laughs> we can let that stuff come in and rob your revival. Rob it. God will not ever douse your fire. He won't do it because he wants it. You know who's walking around with tubs of, and tubs of water? You are. You're in control. You can douse your fire. You can even do it right now. You could be thinking, man, I picked the wrong Sunday to come to church. You could be saying that to yourself. I was saying that to myself just a few minutes ago. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you, get, you carry the self-doubt. You carry the lack of faith. You carry your history and you're trying to get to closer to the fire, but the stuff's pulling you back. You don't realize all you got to do is cut it. All you got to do is just, you can throw that stuff on the fire if you want. Let the love of Christ burn it up. He says, bring me your yoke. Bring me your burdens. Even though they are heavy, I will transfer them into a burden that is light. But we have to be revived and have that fire burning in us and then show that to the people. People, when you're, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, people should see it. The people should understand it because it's foreign. They see something different in you. It's, from, it's on your countenance. It's how you walk. It's how, what you say and how you say it. A revival will not be a word spoken about a church service, but be a refreshing beginning walk with all of us. And we can start today. We can start right now. We have to do the walk. We can be revived. We can be refreshed. We can be renewed. We can experience a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes in the scripture, it's funny because Jesus will turn his disciples and they were down. When all of a sudden, Jesus started doing what was called hard sayings toward the last year of his ministry. Like, if you want to follow me, you have to carry your own cross. Oh, let the dead bury the dead. You just follow me. 
Oh, go sell all your possession and come and follow me. When he started doing that kind of stuff, it was a weeding out process. And finally, he turned to his disciples who were probably wondering, geez, it's us. What happened to the feeding 5,000? What happened to the healing of the, 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 the widow's son? What happened to raising of Lazarus? Come on, Jesus, let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to the miraculous stuff. We had them coming in when you were doing that, but now this die-to-yourself junk and, you know, follow, pick up a cross. I don't want to pick up no cross. It's heavy. And he turns to his disciples, and they're probably all mopey. They're with Jesus! Mopey. Son of God! Mopey. King of kings! Mopey. Are you guys going to leave me too? I like Peter. Stands up. None of the 12 answered. None of the 12 said anything because they were thinking about leaving. Otherwise, they all would have jumped up. No, Jesus, you're the guy. They didn't do that. Peter stands up. Well, where are we going to go? I don't think he said it excitedly. It was almost like resignation. Where are we going to go now? You ruined us. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, we, where we, you're, you have the words of life. You. Only you. There's a reason why he was called the rock. Because we have to have faith like that. When the whole world is falling out all over us, when our world is falling out all over us, is Jesus... The rock. Are you willing to stand up and say, I have nowhere else to go but with you? I'm with you. Let's get, let's get after it. It's you and me. It reminds me of the story of David and Eleazar in the barley field, the Pataram. I know it sounds like a Star Wars thing, but it's not. It's actually a barley field, and it was where David had killed Goliath years earlier. Now he's back there, and he's in his tent, and all around are hills. So you're in this valley. And all around was the army of the Philistines getting ready to come down and take the 300 guys that were with David. David got up in the early, early in the morning to pray, probably, and to get ready for the battle that was going to ensue the next day, maybe, or later on that day. He gets up and he sees that they're all ready to go. They're all there. So he grabs his sword, and he says, you want me? Come and get me. All of a sudden, you hear the rattling and all the, the, the movement of a troop coming down the hill. That's not quiet. They're running, yelling, Rah! you know, just like a Braveheart. <laughs> they're coming down to get him. And he stands there. And he looks back, and the rest of his troops are coming out of their tent. They see these guys running down. They split. They jam. They run the only way out there is. And David's looking. I'm wondering. I'd be like. Seriously? Seriously? No, but he stands there. And then Eliezer. His second guy comes out, looks around, 
sees everybody running, goes, let's go, baby. He pulls his thing, and he gets, he gets up against his back, and they're back to back, whacking Philistines all day long. All day long. Hands, arms flying everywhere. Game of Thrones, baby, let's do this. And kills them to the point where the rest of the army who's running away looking back like, hey, those two guys are winning. Let's make it three. Let's make it four. Let's make it. And they all came back and drove back the enemy. Took all their stuff. That's what I'm talking about, revival, folks. It starts with one. To say, not here, not now. This is my house. This is my life that God has given me. This is my purpose that he wants me to have. And I'm going to take what he has for me. I'm not going to shrink back because I don't have it. God is real, and he wants, to be, he wants us to become his people. He wants us to seek his face. He wants us to receive all that he has for each and every one of us. In fact, he says, I will bring you gifts. He has gifts for us. But we have to be revived. We have to be understanding. We have to know God and know his will and, uh, and do the things that he's called us to do in our life to get the things he wants to give us. And it's never too late. Never too late. But are we ready to let God move in our lives? Really? Really? It may cause changes in your routine. It may cause you to love some people you don't even like. Say it isn't so. It may cause you to spend money that you didn't want to spend. Oh. I'm clutching my pearls. What are we going to do? Are we ready to allow him? Are we ready to step out of our comfort zone? Are you? Because there is a prize. There is a prize for obedience. There is a prize for sitting in the right hand of the power of God. There is a prize for being there. And sometimes it's not monetary. Sometimes it's even not physical. But I can guarantee you'll be a different person in Jesus Christ. You will be strong, as it says in the Lord. And he will mount up you like the wings of eagles. And he'll put you in high places. He will do that. But we must humble ourselves and allow God to do his will in us. Do we long in our hearts? Do we want to be revived? Here, David is asking God. He's asking him, will you not revive us, O Lord? Will you not revive us? Will you not bring us back, turn us back to you that we may rejoice in you? Doing the things of God is hard. It was hard for Jesus. It will be hard for us. Okay? 
if you think Christianity is an easy walk and it's nice and easy and you get to sit in padded seats and do your deal once a week and, and then go do whatever you want after that, it's probably not the right kind of Christianity you're living. Because living as an alien in this place is hard. But it is good. You will have a self-assurance, a peace, an understanding of things that you don't even know yet. You will know things. Why? Because God will reveal them to you. Why? Because you're close to him. When you're close to him, you hear him. He can whisper and you'll hear him. Some of us right now are so far away from God, we can't even hear him yelling. But we need to get back over to him. Trust me, he is not an angry God over you. If you believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, he loves you because you love the Son. Jesus even said so. He loves those who love him. And so if we love Jesus and now the blood of Jesus covers us, guess what? God, is, his natural first thing is to bring us in, to bring us closer. That's what he wants to do. It's us that say no. It's us that say, oh, you're too bright. Oh, you're going to show, oh, I didn't know I had that on. Ah, It's us that do that, not him. We must long for him. We must desire. We must even ache for him. I don't know about you, but when I feel really separated from God, when I feel like I'm going through a dry spot, I ache. I ache. And it's something that Tylenol won't fix. We have to come back to him. We have to ache for his presence in our life. Not only in our life, but in this place. To have him here with us. Now there's a few things that keep us from that. Why we haven't received from him. Maybe we've shut the door of feeling. Maybe we've shut the door of commitment. Maybe we've shut the door of wanting to experience any, anything else. Maybe we decided that what, what I have right now is good enough. I read enough, I pray enough, I go to church enough. We have to constantly grow in God. We've got to constantly get better at it. And as we move closer to him, like the Apostle Paul said, you know, oh wretched man that I am, why do I do the things I do not want to do and the things I want to do I do not do? And he calls himself wretched. And this was just maybe just a few months before or maybe a year before he actually was crucified in Rome or beheaded, I'm sorry. At the end of his life, when he was chained to a Roman soldier, preaching the gospel to this guy every single day and everybody in the house as he was receiving visitors from Rome, telling them, writing Romans, writing two-thirds of the Bible, if you will, while he was writing all this stuff, theology and everything, he says to himself, oh, wretched man that I am. Because he understood, I can't do anything without God. I can't do anything without his presence in my life. I can't even breathe unless he wills it. 
And when we love someone so much, we desire to be close to them and near them and, and around them. And sometimes that's even not enough. We want more. And God wants us to get to that place. Because ultimately, we are all about him. Paul also said, it's no longer I who live, but he who lives in me. I work for God. I work for Jesus. It's not, I, I, my part is to do like John the Baptist. Decrease. 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 Not get bigger. Not get more, you know, have my name up on the lights and be the national guy or the worldly guy. The guy of the world is going to come. And, oh, this guy's got a great message. He needs to be up front. No, 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 no. I'm going to decrease so that he can increase. Our motivation is to shine the light on Jesus, not on ourselves. So what can we do? What can we do to get revived once again? Well, it's pretty simple. Ask. But David did. He says, will you not? It's a question. Jesus, will you not? Will you not revive me? Are you going to leave me here in this cold state? No, no, no. Lord, may you stoke the fire of your spirit in my heart again. Ask, ask, ask. <coughs> we're afraid of asking. You know why? You know why we're afraid of asking? Because he's going to answer. <laughs> Remember, so a lot of times, you know, I'm in Bible studies, we're going through stuff, and I say, okay, if you're going to ask for a character thing that God can change in you, what would you ask for? And, you know, ultimately someone says, well, I, need, I would ask for patience. Okay. A week goes by, they come back next week. So how was that uh, patience thing? This was the worst week of my life. <laughs> People were bugging me so much. I got cut off on the freeway. My job, my worker, my, my boss was on me. To... How'd you do with patience? Well, I, I flipped off the guy on the freeway. I, I, I walked out of a, a business meeting with my boss. I didn't listen to my kids. I put them in timeout. Like, you didn't do very well with patience, so why did you ask for it? If you ask for it, he'll give it. And then you got to use it. It's simple. Revival is so simple. If you are asking for the Spirit of God to revive your heart, to get you excited and impassioned for him again, he will do that. Now, you have to walk closer. You have to get thirsty. You have to drink from the water that he has for you. You have to read the word. You have to pray more. You have to decide to serve and be a part of ministry. You need to lift up your hands and worship. You need to get closer to God. He did his part. He stoked the fire like you asked him to do. Now he's got all these opportunities in front of you. What will you do? He may not, he may not, he'll, he may show you all the opportunities and say, but you've got this big piece of luggage back here that's keeping you from reaching those things. I want you to get rid of that luggage. What? No, 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 no. That's my favorite luggage. I've had this luggage for years. Look at all the places this luggage has been to. 
It's got stamps. Look at that. Paris? London? East Los Angeles? <laughs> it's been everywhere, man. And God is saying, no, let it go. Cut it off. And grab hold of what I have for you next. And if you don't let that go, you're not going to get. <coughs> you want to receive? You guys want to receive? Yeah. Then give. You want to find something? Then lose. Isn't that what Jesus said? Says who, those who want to find life must lose their life first. Those who want to receive from God need to give to God. But we're too busy grabbing hold and grabbing on and keeping our stuff, and we don't want to get rid of any of our stuff. And we got to get rid of some stuff. And then we'll be able to move forward. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Jesus said, with men it is impossible, but with God, all things. What things? All things are possible. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you seek me. If you seek me, you will find me. And where you search for me, when you search for me with all your heart. You will seek me and you will find me if you search for me with all your heart. The greatest command, the Shema, I shall love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my mind, and with all my strength. I don't know if there's anything left after that. And then Jesus said, and love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets. You see the difference? This is the law and the prophets. This is the New Testament. This is the entire thing. Jesus said if you do two things, you've done the entire thing. But you've got to desire him. You've got to long for him. And you've got to want him. Are you seeking this morning God in your heart? Are you seeking his answers? Are you seeking his presence? Are you really seeking that? Are you ready to let go? Are you ready to let go of your plans? Are you ready to let go of your life? Are you ready to let go of your will? Because the great prayer that Jesus told his disciples to pray when they asked him, how can we pray, Lord? How shall we pray? Pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know how God's will gets done in heaven? Forthwith. Let me break that down. His will gets done when he says, Michael, come here. Gabe, put down, put down the horn. Thank you. Come here. See, immediately, boom, they're before the presence of God. And then he sends them. I want you to go down. There's a guy named Jacob down there. 
I want you to walk through. He's going to grab hold of you. You guys are going to wrestle for a while, and then we'll deal with that. Go. Boom. Gone. There was no argument. There was no who, what, what does he look like? There was none of that. None of that. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You want revival? Quit arguing with God. Quit trying to circumvent the issue with God. He's telling you to do stuff. He's in your heart. He's moving you to, to be, to change, to transform. Don't argue with him. Let him do his will on earth as it is in heaven in your life. Then you will have revival in your heart. You won't have it any other way. If you think you're smarter than God, whoo <laughs> you got a lot of things coming. There was one who said, I am like God. And immediately, immediately, it's kind of like a, in Monty Python, search for the Holy Grail. They get to the bridge, and there's a troll there. You can't go across the bridge. He says, you can't go across the bridge unless you ask, answer three questions. You know? And the last question was about a sparrow. Does the North American sparrow do this or that? Whatever? Boom, you see. Ah! And then you automatically get tossed into the, into the crevice. Okay? The same way. Satan said, I, look at me, how glorious I am. I am God. <laughs> Bye. There's only one God in heaven. Only one. And his will be done up there like here. I hope you grab hold of that this morning. I hope you got something this morning. I hope the presence of God is working in your heart right now and that you're really wanting to have more of him. As we as individuals have more of him, God will have more of this church and it will be a fire that burns in here that will start sucking in those who want that, those who desire Jesus Christ, those who desire a walk with him, those who desire to be set free from sin like you have been set free from sin. But we got to do what he asks us to do. We got to get busy. And it's time to start stoking the fire in us. Amen? Amen. Let me close with asking you an important question. The last three weeks we've been talking about changing. We've been talking about new things. We've been talking about looking at this year in a new perspective in a new way. And I've been asking you, if you're not involved, to get involved. If you... If, you, if, you're, if you're sitting on the fence right now and it's time to get off the fence, I've been saying that. I've been asking you about that. Some of you are doing some great things here, and there's still yet greater things to do. My question for you is, first of all, will you let God control your will? Will you? If so then will you allow him to show you what you should do? 
you answer yes to those first two, then will you do it? That's it. It's very simple. And we can have revival here in this place. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, you are the bread of life. Help us to partake of you today and every day that we're in your word, that we're feasting on it, if you will. That as we pray, Father, we have a connection with you that is immeasurable, so close. That as we pray, Father, we know we're not pray, our prayers aren't just hitting the ceiling, but coming up before the throne of God. We thank you, Jesus, that you've given us the way, because you are the way to walk in this world. Help us to love as you have loved. Help us to reach out as you have reached out. Help us to care and have compassion on the lost and on the hurting. Help us to encourage the strong. And help us, Lord, to be your family here in this place. I pray that your spirit of revival would come down in every heart this morning. I pray your cloud, Lord, and that fire by night and cloud by day would fill this room, Lord, that it is undeniable that you were here and you spoke to us and you moved us and all we can do is say, Hallelujah, praise God Almighty, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We love you this morning and we want to be all yours. Lord, I pray that's our prayer this morning. That's my prayer this morning. That there be nothing left of me and only you in my life. Move in our hearts, God. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.